So let's get into the word for the day. So one of the things we have learned is that we are a people that have lost attention span. This picture says a lot. So the average attention span in 2000 was 12 seconds. The attention span now, they say, is 8 seconds. The average attention span of a goldfish is 9 seconds. We have lost, as time has gone on, our attention spans. Right? What does that mean? We can focus on something for a few seconds, and then once we get bored, think of something else. Can I ask you, what do you think has made our attention spans get worse today? Our phones are the worst thing. You know, it is so bad. You know, you know where people spend most of their time on social media? YouTube shorts, Instagram reels. Everything is short now. You watch it and it's like after five seconds, new one. After six seconds, new one. We are training our mind for less and less time. Have y'all noticed that even with yourselves? You know, it's really bad. Even my students, they'll tell me, they'll sit down to study. I'm so glad I didn't have all this stuff when I was growing up. They'll sit down to study. You know they need to sit and study. And then they'll be like, okay, I bored after two minutes. They get their phone, they'll scroll. They look up, 20 minutes has passed of just sitting on their phone scrolling. So easy for us to have no attention span. But focus is a very important thing. You consider, if you, like I just said, if you want to study, you know, mom always had a phrase, right? You need to just sit there and study, right? We have lost that. My, like I said, my students do not know how to just sit and study. So if you want to study, you need focus. If you want to get work out and get in shape, right, you need to focus. Small example, so you know this, see we have a picture of a guy like looking before and after. You set a goal, okay, I want to work out, I want to lose weight. And as you're driving home, as you're driving, you see McDonald's, you see Arby's, you see Chick-fil-A. And all of these temptations come to so many distractions on the way home. So you learn for our physical health, we need focus. One thing I learned then is that any area of life that you need to move up, you need focus. So of all of them, our spiritual life needs focus. And it's so bad today because people have so little focus. You know, the scripture says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What does it say? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants all of you, but we can't even give a part of us. Because the second that we sit down to spend time with God, we think about 10 other things. Nothing happens for one minute. Okay, let me go do something else. God wants all of us. And if we lose that attention span and focus, we can't give any of us. People will go a week without even reading their Bible and praying. They get, we're so inundated with distractions. So many things. I do have a story of it. But I will say this. I do think this is a trick of the enemy today. You know, if the enemy came with an idol and put it in front of you, we would push it away. You know, we would say, I'm not serving that idol. But if he slowly numbs us, you know, we get our phone one day and we scroll. If he slowly just takes us out of his presence, he's beaten us. He doesn't even have to do anything. You know, it would almost be better if he brought an idol so I can kick it out. But reality, he numbs us slowly 
the slow death is always worse than the death that just comes. Because you can, you can brace for that. Someone comes to beat me up right now, I'm ready to fight him back. But if someone puts a poison gas in this room, we just die. And that's what the enemy does. He has slowly made us just have no attention span at all. And I want to encourage you, if we can focus in God, we can be powerful. We can be effective. And I wanted to bring this story of this guy. I don't know if you know Buster Douglas. Have you heard the name Buster Douglas? So Buster Douglas was a boxer. He was working his way up in his fighting, and he got his title fight finally. And in his title fight, he was fighting Mike Tyson. And this is prime time Mike Tyson. So if you don't know Mike Tyson, he was a monster when he fought as a boxer. At this time, he was 29-0, and 0, and 27 of them, they say, were knockouts. He, and it was always in the first two rounds. People couldn't handle his hit. If, if he knocked somebody down, nobody got up. So Buster Douglas had a fight with him. And in the second round, Mike Tyson, as Mike Tyson fashion, turns it up and knocks down Buster Douglas. He gets down on one knee. And so the ref starts counting. He counts up to seven. And everyone thought the match is over. No one had gotten up. And he, at seven, Buster Douglas gets up. So the match continues, and it goes third, it goes fourth, it goes fifth. They take it to 10 rounds, and in the 10th round, Buster Douglas knocks down Mike Tyson. He beats him. And they asked him after the match, how did you do that? No one has ever gotten up from uh, Mike Tyson's hit. And he said, you know, uh, when the fight was set, my mom told all her friends I was going to beat Mike Tyson. So he had a focus in his mind. He said, I have to win for my mom. A week before the fight happened, his mom passed away. And so he said, I'm either going to die in the ring with my mother or I'm going to live for her. And that's how powerful someone can be with just an earthly focus. And I just imagine if someone had a heavenly focus, how effective could we be? My goodness, what could we do? The enemy is beating us today, and we're okay with it. And I just imagine if you can get focused in your walk with God, if you can get focused, you can do so much for God. And so I ask you the question of the week, how do we increase our focus towards God with so much distraction around us? We are living in a world today that has so much distraction how can we be focused more in the process towards God? We're, we're discussing this question, how do we increase our focus towards God with so much distraction? So let's get into the text for today because everything we do is guided by Scripture. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21 says, Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, you appointed me a man who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you. Then he said to him, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. So what does the man do? Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barn and build bigger ones, and there I'll store my surplus. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. 
Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So I ask you, what did the man do? What was his issue in this that God had a problem with? What was the problem for this man? What made him get so distracted in the world? And here's what I take from this. What was the issue of the man? How did he get distracted in the world? He didn't have an eternal perspective. We must have an eternal perspective to increase our focus. Hear me when I say that. He lost his eternal focus. You know, I'll give you an example of this. You know, we, as a teacher, I've always seen this, and I don't understand why kids do this. So, okay, if, I, if an English teacher assigns you a two-page paper, do next Friday, right? Not even this Friday, next Friday. When does everyone start it? <laughs> Thursday. You have all of these days, but why do people start it? You know, even the Monday hub, or like the first Monday, make a plan. Tuesday, start writing. And then by the two weeks, you can be even better. Why though? Why do people wait till Thursday? Because at that time, they have an understanding, I really need to get this done. So what you learned is our perspective of time increases our focus. You know, two weeks before, you're like, ah, I got time. The, the Wednesday before, ah, I got a little bit more time. I, I'm a little stressed. Then the Thursday, all of your focus is on the paper. And you know the worst part? My students will start at 11 o'clock on Thursday. <laughs> you had two weeks. <laughs> but our perspective of time increases our focus. You know why people don't have a focus on God anymore? They have no thought of eternity anymore. We don't think about eternity at all. Man, you have to be constantly thinking about our eternal hope. This is not it. This is a part of our life, but this is not it. And do you understand our generations in the past understood that? You know, my dad told me when my grandfather, who was a minister, used to preach, every week he would preach about our, the, the Lord's coming. He would say, God is coming soon, so get ready. But when do we hear that today? Everything is about make me feel good. Oh, life is going to turn out good. I'm going to be blessed here. No, our true hope is our hope in heaven. And yes, that doesn't mean we ignore this world here. But you have to have a perspective of eternity. You know, even during the 90s and the 2000s, there was a series called the Left Behind series. Y'all remember that? And that was Left Behind. They, they did these movies where they would show what happened after the rapture happened. And the, the trumpet would sound and everybody would disappear. And you see all the chaos. You know what that did for us? It made me scared. You know, every day, every night before I went to sleep, I would go to my sibling and say, I'm sorry if I did anything to you today. <laughs> right? I would ask for forgiveness. We all did that with each other. Because when you look at eternity, your mind focuses better. You realize, is this fight with this person worth my eternity? Is it? No, I really, I remember one night, like I, it was 2 a.m. It was after the left behind thing. And I don't know if it's because we watched it, this happened. But I woke up at 2 o'clock and I heard a trumpet. 
And I look and it's like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And I look over and Danny's been and he's there. And I was still there. I was like, what happened? And I look over my radio, my radio was on. <laughs> and a trumpet had played on the radio. And I was like, oh my goodness, that moment scared me. But really, if we think about eternity, that's eternity. And we have given up our eternity for something so cheap, something so short. You know, I wanted to encourage this. You have to have a healthy concept of time in order to live an effective Christian life. You know, God is a God. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord in Revelation 1.8, who is and who was and who is to come, the Lord Almighty. He's a God of the past. He's a God of the present. He's a God of the future. So you have to have a healthy perspective of all three in order to live effectively. What does that mean? So we look at our past. What's an unhealthy way we think about our past? You are constantly living in regret. There are many who only when they think about the past think, I did that bad. Oh, I can't be used by God because of all of those things that I did. That's an unhealthy way to think about your past. How does God want you to think about your past? He said, you learn from the mistake. Whatever you've gone through, you learn from it and also remember the good things. I know so many of my friends who all they'll think about is, I can't be used by God because of this, this, and this. That's an unhealthy view of the past. For the present, so the unhealthy view is you get lost in the past and the future, right? So many people are always thinking about their regrets or they're always worried about something that's going to come. Right? That's an, an unhealthy view of the past. An, a healthier view of the past is what? You embrace the present as it's the only piece of time that we can manage. You recognize that God has given us this present moment. I need to embrace it. And finally, the future, which is what we're dealing with today. So many people, when they think about the future, all they're thinking about is anxiety and worry. I have a friend of mine who's just about to have his first child. And he tells me, I don't sleep at night. I was like, you're about to not sleep for real when the kid comes. Why are you already not sleeping at night? <laughs> because he said, I think about everything. He says, I think about what is my kid's life going to be like? Will I have enough money? He has so many thoughts about the future that scare him. That's an unhealthy view of the future. How does God want us to think about the future? We're going to be looking forward to what God is going to do. And so I want to encourage you as we get into our message today, the particular component, and we're going to actually talk about this more, the component that we're dealing with today is having a healthy view of your future, right? I, honestly, I think of it like a tripod, right? You need all three legs for it to stand up. For you to be an effective Christian, you have to have a healthy view of all three times. And so I want to, the encouragement today is have a healthy perspective of your future. We're looking to our eternal hope. We have to. It lets us live better today. So what does that look like? And I want to ask you a question. Do I have a healthy perspective of the future? We're going to look at the text to give us some guidance. So where did the man begin to fail? Where did he stop having an eternal perspective and only think about this world? Where did it begin? It began in his greed, right? Are you a greedy person? Do you want to accumulate more 
and more and more. If you are, you probably don't have an eternal perspective. When you have an eternal perspective, you think this is just here for a short time. My resources are a gift from God to bless. They are a gift from God to enjoy. But I don't need to keep accumulating more and more and more like this person. Maybe people to hold on. <laughs> we want to hold on to everything we have here. Check with yourself. Are you a greedy person? You know, it's interesting. We see two instances of the greed in this. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Right? So where does the conflict start? There was a family that had an inheritance to split. And one of them said, it's mine. It's like Zion, mine. And the other brother said, no, it's mine. <laughs> right? Two people. It's so sad. For some money, people are willing to come cutthroat at each other. Why? It's just something we have for a few years and then we're going. You're going to let that affect your relationship? I mean, look at this. You know, some people, when I read this story back in the past, I was always like, oh man, I should not have a savings account. Because, you know, if I get a savings account, God's going to take my life away from me. <laughs> but if you read it, what does it say? He told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man. What does it say? The ground of a certain rich man. So we notice this man already had an abundance. And then God blessed him with more, and he wanted to hold on to more. So it gave me peace. It's okay if I have a savings account for a little bit, <laughs> right? Like it's when God has blessed you, and then he blesses you more, what do you do with that, right? If you want to have an eternal perspective, you let go. You understand these resources can point people to an eternal perspective that we have. But instead, for all of us today, we just want the American life is accumulate more, gain more, hold on to more. I want to encourage you, when you die, none of it goes, goes with you. None of it. You can't fit a, your asset into your, your coffin with you, right? That, that 403B that you want, 401K, it's not going to fit in there. And it's not going to matter in there. You have to have a healthy perspective of eternity. And you want to know if you do, are you greedy? You want to also check if you are greedy. How do you know if you're greedy? Are your relationships affected by your actions? Think about this. You know, everything in there, all the relationships were broken. The brother came to Jesus and said, Jesus, help us. He, they were willing to put their brotherly connection on the line for some money. So I want to encourage you to think, do you give up your relationships for greed? You know, uh, it says in the text, if we read at it, be on your guard in verse 15 against all kinds of greed. What does it say? Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. So it's not just money. It can be anything. Maybe you spend too much time at work and you're thinking, I need to move my way up at work. That can be destroying your relationships. Maybe you just go, like spending time with people and it's destroying relationships with the people that are closest to you. Be mindful. Are you, is your greediness, you know if you're greedy, 
if your relationships are affected. I'm going to say a story of this, and this is how bad greediness can become. So I was looking this story up. So there was a doctor in the 2000s who, who dealt with cancer. And it said, you know, uh, he had dealt with 600, over 700 patients with cancer. Well, they found out later that he, they found out later that many of the people that he treated didn't even have cancer. He just told them they had cancer so they, they would have to go through treatment so that he could get the money from it. For, they say they, they estimate 540 people didn't have cancer, and he told them they had cancer. Why? So he could fill his own pockets. When greed comes in your life, it makes us look at each other not as human anymore. You are just a commodity to increase my gain. So I want to encourage you, if you ever lean towards that greediness in whatever area of your life, look to eternity and realize everything you ac accumulate here is nothing. We continue learning from the story then, right? We continue learning and think, what else can we learn from this, per from this story? And so this man in the story tears down his barn, builds up a bigger barn, and, and stores more. Why? Because he wanted to eat, drink, and be merry. So one thing that I think I learned from this, one thing I learned from the text, is that do you have a healthy thought of the nearness of death? I want you to think about that for a second. You know, the second that that man became at rest with himself, and he said, I have everything I need in this world. I'm at peace. God took his life right then. I... I have to encourage you, you have to realize death can come to any of us at any moment. As I get older, I learn this. I've learned students, I've lost students that I've taught in car crashes. I've lost classmates to cancer and car crashes. And even last year, you know, when my uncle passed away, that was one that was so difficult. You know, that morning, I was supposed to have lunch with my uncle that day. and. You know, I, I went and did an 8 o'clock workout. I went to the gym just to play some basketball. And I get a call at 8 o'clock. Well, at first I got a text saying, hey, we have to cancel the hangout. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, they probably had some fight in the house and they don't want to have us over. So I was like, oh, whatever. And so I just kind of ignored it. But I get a call at 8.30 and my cousin calls to tell me, she's like, Sam, we have to cancel today because my dad died. And I remember to this day where I was standing. Because it's like when you are meant to see someone that day and you go from seeing them perfectly normal to not being alive anymore, you recognize the nearness of death. And I remember when I was going over to the house and I was like, what am I going to see? I've never seen someone who I thought was going to be alive dead. And when I walk in, it's just you see a person laying on the ground motionless. And you learn, man, that's all life is. He, was, he went to sleep that night. And he didn't wake up the next day. And you learn that's our existence. That is our existence. We are here one second and then we're gone. Life is not guaranteed for any of us. So I want to encourage you. You want to live better here? Every day you have to have a healthy thought. It's not an unhealthy thought. There's a healthy thought that death is near to us. I know some of my friends in college who had unhealthy thoughts of death near to us. They would always worry about everything. And I'm not saying that. 
just in a healthy way, when you get so caught up in this world, know that in one moment, it can all be gone. And in that moment, the only thing that will matter is how you lived for God and what you did for God. How you live for God and what you did for God. So be careful. Be careful because we live in a world today that everyone is about here. All they think about is here. And because of that, guess what we do? We think about here. Let me establish my life here. And all I'm thinking about is here. But I just want to encourage you, if you want to have a better focus in your Christian life, you have to learn that any day our life can go. And what will matter in that day is not everything you accumulated, not all the experiences you had, which, again, I want you to have all of those things. But the most important thing in your life is what did you do for God? When you stand before Him, will He say, what a wasted life? Or will He say, good and faithful servant? That's what I look for. You know, half of the things that I do, when I get so tired some days, I just think when I stand before God, I hope He says, good and faithful servant. We each have to have that vision, that perspective of eternity. And if you get discouraged, because let me tell you this, when you start walking in this way, you are very countercultural. You you're going to have to walk a very lonely road. But what I learn in the midst of this is I can look to Scripture. You read in Hebrews chapter 11, all of these people who looked to God. You know, Hebrew 11 is a, is a chapter of faith. And all of these people, it says, they gave up this world for an eternal hope. There was a kingdom that was not perishable. We have given up the kingdom that's eternal for a kingdom that's perishable. And I want to encourage you, if you get lost, go to Hebrews 11 and look at all of those people. And you know, one of the lines in there that I love, it says, the world was not worthy of them. When you live with an eternal pers perspective, everyone may think you're lowly and you have no value. But God looks at you and says, you are, the wor you are worthy. You are worth something. You've lived with meaning. So as I end and as we transition into the Lord's table, I want to encourage you today. You know, we were ending where we began, right? How do you increase our focus to God with so much distraction around? I want to encourage you, think about eternity. On the days that you're the most stressed and you're like, this is everything and you can't see past your situation, think about eternity. Know that this is just a moment. This is just a breath. And your life towards God is the greatest thing that you can do.